With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport. With in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And we're rolling. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Inside Tri Show, the weekly podcast with me, Helen Murray, bringing you the best interviews from triathlon and beyond. I had a brilliant chat with Denmark's Hella Frederiksen for this week's show, so that's going to be the interview coming up. But before you hear from Hella, this week's show is powered by 33fuel.com, the team behind the Runner's World Health Product of the Year, Ultimate Daily Greens. They also do the most amazingly delicious, natural, nutty energy bars and protein bars, which are completely, I'm telling you, they are in a completely different league to your typical sports bar. And that is because 33fuel are big on natural ingredients which means no junk and certainly no chemical tastes. You can get your hands on six protein bars, their premium protein and their ultimate daily greens as part of their special lockdown bundle. Just go to their website at 33fuel.com and if you use the code INSIDETRY33, you'll get a discount at checkout. You can check out the show notes and remember that supporting the people who support me really does make a huge difference. How has your week been since we were last, well, since you were last listening? Um, Some wins for me, there are definite wins. Well, the sun keeps on shining, so that is up there right away. It's always a bonus, isn't it, for being able to get outside. We managed a really nice long ride, actually, at the weekend, followed by a few cold beers and a barbecue. And then Sunday was all about the open water swim. And it was, yeah, just glorious in the water. And I think over the past couple of weeks, the water has actually started to get a little bit clearer. So it's oh, it's just a real joy to swim in it. And at the moment, I don't know, it's definitely styles, probably not the best. But just being back in the water is so liberating. It's, oh, it's incredible. So yeah, absolutely loving that. And then my transformation to a complete yogi continues. And last week I did not one, but two live classes. My goodness, this is just crazy. It's just crazy. But I'm loving the transformation. Uh, so the first live yoga class was with Tim. And then the second one, this one was pretty neat, actually. It was over Zoom, obviously, but it was a class in Australia and I was joining my brother and my sister-in-law at their local class. So it was very strange. It was 9 p.m. for me and it was 6 a.m. in the morning for them. So I was starting in the light and then by 10 p.m. when it was finishing, it was I was pretty much in the dark 
and they were all in the light. And uh, it was very weird at the end. The instructor was sort of saying, oh, and hopefully this is now energising you for the day ahead. And Helen, you're over there, there in Europe. Hopefully it's got you in a good place before you go to bed. And it really did. It worked. It was ace. So there you go. There's the update of Yogi Helen. Now, before we get to this week's interview, I just want to say thank you very much to my patrons who support the show with a monthly donation. I would love for you to join them. If you do like what I do, you enjoy listening to the show, you find it useful, you learn something, hopefully have a bit of a laugh too, then head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and just sign up. You can buy me a coffee every month or maybe a glass of vino if you're feeling up for it. That would be amazing. Time for this week's interview. It was a real eye opener and a real joy actually to catch up with Hella Frederiksen for this week's show. The ITU long distance world champion is from Denmark. She started out as a top swimmer before moving into triathlon. She competed for Denmark at the London 2012 Olympics before switching to the longer distance stuff where she got 10 wins over the 70.3 distance and the world's best time. She also has an MSc in human nutrition and since retiring in 2019, she's expanded her coaching business. So it is brilliant to hear her thoughts and experiences from her educational background, as well as from a coaching and an athlete's perspective when it comes to training, fasted training, periods, health, longevity, etc, etc, following the Healthy Body series with WITSUP. We touch on a lot of subjects and as a female, it certainly made me think twice about ever doing a fasted workout or faffing. I'm good at faffing. Faffing in the shower as soon as I get in from a ride or a long run. Here it is. Hello, Frederickson. It's lovely to have you um, on on the podcast. Now, you actually got in touch with me rather than me sending out emails pleading for people to come on. You got in touch with me. So why was that? Yeah, firstly, um, yeah, congrats on, on your kind of new uh, adventure and podcast and, and whatever you're doing. I think the reason why I got in, in touch with you was that I have listened to some of your podcasts and I think that um, you take a little bit of a different uh, approach than a lot of other people. It's very, uh, it's quite serious what you're talking about and especially this uh, subject about body image and how you you work together with with Steph to kind of get this going? I think it is it's it's very brave and it's an area that many people maybe don't really want to talk about and it's a very sensitive subject. And I think you two really highlighted it well. And um, I was yeah I was quite touched and moved with with the outcome of the of the podcast that I heard. Uh, and I thought it was as I say very serious. And then I thought that. Yeah, maybe I could bring a little bit of extra insight into it, maybe some from my experience, knowledge um, that could maybe contribute to it as well. Yeah, because you obviously have now retired from racing and you're now a coach as well, working as a coach. But let's go back to the athletic career, so to speak, or the triathlete career or the swimming career at the very beginning. So did you experience issues with body image? Well, in in the environment that I was in, I didn't, it was not around me, like I was not close to to anyone really that was in it. And I think that I was quite fortunate that that I did not see anything in the day to day. I clearly know that, you know, it was there. Um, Mm -hmm. I was hearing about it. um, I got a little bit later into my, when I was a few years into triathlon, when I was at that point almost uh, getting my master's degree in human nutrition, I got contacted by some coaches actually to help out some other athletes uh, to look into their um, diet or whatever they were, you know, how they were approaching food uh, because I also knew, well, I have a, a degree in sports science too, but also because I was in triathlon myself. So I was actually, I knew what it, what it, what it requires. Um, but I would say like um, there was, I started my career in ITU racing and 
I noticed at some of the races, uh, especially after uh, the races, when we went to to restaurants, and often it was the same restaurants that we went to in, in the small cities, some of the smaller cities where they had the World Cups and the WTS, uh, WTS races. And I was noticing some, especially some of the girls that was eating salad after a race. And uh, I can remember thinking that, wow, I mean, that that is, firstly, it's it's, it's really, really bad for your recovery. And secondly, it's like, why are you depriving yourself from going out and, and you know, treating yourself after, you know, you're working towards this race and then you got to just let go and enjoy after the race. And they clearly did not. And there was, I was clearly looking over to them and thinking there must be something more going on. And it, it cannot be what you crave, a salad after a race. Um, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so there was those things, but I would say I have been fortunate not seeing too much, but I know it, it was there. And would you ever say anything to them, Hella? Um, not at that point. I would not, I did not say anything to any of them. Uh, it's only been when I got a little older and a little bit more mature and was maybe faced with more and, I started coaching um, triathletes in 2009, 2010. And when I started to do that and I was starting to get in touch with, with both some elite but also amateurs, that was in the beginning not saying anything to me, but I could clearly feel that there was something more going on there. I was starting to become a little bit more aware and also wanted to reach out because many times it's just, they just need someone to trust and talk to um, that is not looking at them like they've done something completely wrong or they have a mental issue. Um, it's often just to, to, to let or to let them understand or educate them a little bit. It doesn't take a lot because often they just don't know. I was gonna, that was exactly what I was going to say. I mean, do you think that there is just a big lack of education you know everyone can talk about bikes everyone can talk about power everyone can talk about what wetsuit they want to buy mm. but actually do they know what they're doing when mm. it comes to fueling their training and fueling their running fueling their swims fueling their bikes fueling their life really yeah yeah I don't know I don't think so I think it's it's a lack of knowledge and and it's also as an individual that's an athlete it's also it's a big thing to know about nutrition as well. Um, and often, you know, you, you get a coach to, 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 to help you with your training and make a training plan. And if we just take high performance racing first, um, there, I think, um, especially in the short distance races, that is based uh, on funding. And the funding is based on how many medals you get. And there, I think the coaches are under pressure and they often think about the quick fix. Um, and, and the quick fix is often in short distance races to, to lose a few kilos and then you will run faster. And often many of the races turns into running races or it, ex it did years ago. It's getting better now where the bike is getting a little um, harder and there's becoming some really, really strong girls out there. And we're seeing a, a lovely trend in that direction. But for like, Eight years ago, let's just call it that, it was more a running race. And um, the coaches, I think they were under pressure, but there were maybe also some of them not educated enough in looking at the athletes from a holistic point of view. Um, that, And this is regardless if you are elite or an amateur. Most of us in triathlon are type A persons, we are perfectionists, we, we want to achieve great things. It's not enough to just participate. It's not enough to be average. We want to do it well. And if we go into things, we do it full on. Um, and that's with everything. And, and also often also with the job situation for a lot of amateur. And I think the problem is a lot out there because I see it a lot with amateurs that they have equally as many issues as, as the elite. And I think that as a coach, um, if you are providing a program uh, as a coach, um, then it's important that you, s you say that that's the only thing I provide. 
I don't have any responsibility to, to you as a person or, or the outcome really. Um, where I think if you are a coach, you need to take responsibility full on on this athlete because it comes as a whole holistic package person that has a family life and a work life and a sport life and a mental head yeah. space that needs, that comes on with it. And I think it's just, it's such a, and I think, I think for me, that's the beauty of coaching that all are different and you just need to approach them differently. They need everything differently, but it's just important as a coach that you take the responsibility because it's more than we can't, can't just point fingers and say it's only high performance that has a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, yeah, we've heard, you know, just from feedback from the, from the two podcasts, like so many people have been in touch and said, oh, I was starting to go down a slippery slope or I didn't realize or this has made me realize X or Y or I've noticed something in, you know, in my husband. I don't think he's fueling enough. And yeah, I think. um, Yeah, and I think that's also about that we would like to achieve, you know, we would like to achieve our goals and we don't know the best way of achieving and it's also about the knowledge that's out there. And often it's, it's very um, messy and blur- like it's difficult to separate what's good information and bad information and what science is behind this information that we are actually just absorbing on the internet and what, what people is this science based on, you know, what, what, what group age group, is it women? Is it men? Is it, is it mice? You know, what yeah, is it? Yeah. Uh, and we often just eat it raw because it's just so difficult to separate what's right and wrong. So where would you even begin, Heather, with giving, I mean, as, as we've just said, it's about treating everyone as an individual. But if people are listening to this, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, maybe I need to look at that a little bit because I read this article, but then this one said something different. Mm-hmm. What would you say to to people as a as a starting point where might they be able to start to actually think right what am I doing yeah I think it's it's about maybe um asking yourself what what is it that you want with with the sport why are you in the sport and and how much are you willing to put into it and also in terms of like how much do I want to invest so am I okay with with the um, not having contact to uh, a coach, for instance, that can guide me. Am I fine with that? And then you will take on all the responsibility yourself. Then I think you also need to accept that you, yeah, as I said, you're taking responsibility on yourself, but you, if you know enough yourself, then that's fine. But you also need to then respect that there might be things that you are not benefiting from or that you can go wrong. And in the... Where do you find your knowledge? I mean, it is so difficult. Well, I dive into PubMed articles, but I mean that normal people can't just do that, of course. Uh, So I think today we are very limited in where we know that we can get trustworthy information. And I think, uh, I mean, your podcast is good for a starter uh, where you're taking a critical approach and, and you're trying to bring in some some value and and some some knowledge to some areas that you know not you're not taking a certain standpoint but you're trying trying to broaden the view uh, of of some areas i think i think that is great that it's always like from from you know your point of view and not trying to point fingers of things and saying this is the right way um, i think the best we can do as an individual is to be critical when we're reading things um, and really trying to see, you know, if we're taking in the knowledge that we read online, trying to see if we can figure out who's it, what is this based on. And I think an approach, especially for women, is that, you know, it, it, it's only recently that we've started to get more uh, science on women because we are quite different from men, uh, especially when we are menstruating because of our hormone cycle hormonal cycle and, and, and it really influenced a lot and it when it is that you then make science on women 
it is so difficult to find, you know, the stable period within our, yeah, whatever, four weeks, let's just call it four-week cycle. Um, so I think as a woman, it's important to not just, women needs to be more critical than men because most science is still made on men. That's what and I'm trying to Can you to give say. any specific examples with that, Heather? Because I... I've heard things like the recovery window is different for women compared to men. Um, you know, if you're preparing for menstruation, then there are certain things that you can do and that, you know, you can at least experiment to, mm. to find out what works for you. So can, have you got any specific examples? Yeah, there's something like, I think, quite, there's a quite a big of a difference for like, for instance, training fasted. Mm -hmm. uh, men and women whereas men can actually benefit from it and lean up and and use um uh fat when it is that they're training fasted whereas training fasts often happens in the morning and the the hormone especially cortisol is quite high in the morning and if you are then as a woman training fasted you would often have that that cortisol would keep increasing cortisol is a stress hormone and and if that keeps increasing they need to kind of get the, the it, it goes on what do you call that and it, it takes from our sex hormones so specifically yep. estrogen and um, and then the body is actually starting to hold on to fat instead of giving off or losing fat which is probably what we wanted and if you keep doing it, it it's kind of a spiral where you are starting starting to interfere with your with your sex hormones and you are not bringing down your um, cortisol, your stress hormones from the morning. And for women, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot also for men, but it doesn't take a lot of calories in the morning, like a, a bit of carbs and a bit of proteins to break that fasted cycle. So it's not that you need to eat a big breakfast. It, it can be as little as a banana with peanut butter and almond butter, and then you're good to go and you bro you've broken your fasted cycle. And therefore, the body is willing also to actually use fat as a as a substrate to as like burn burn the fat off. The same happens also the the, the importance of uh, the recovery afterwards. So again, that we we start to adapt and recover. Um, and and as you said, we have a shorter window, probably half an hour, where men can maybe have an hour. And and that's again back to our hormones are just different. Um, so. I'm really trying to work with as yeah the, all the women that I have been close with, just trying to not train fasted regardless of what it is that you have to go out and do, uh, because most of us can eat a banana with something protein on before yeah. we go. And Hella, how many articles have you seen out there talking about fasted training and you know why you should why you should bring fasted training into your training program, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so many, so many. Um, I mean, even when I was a professional myself, like maybe from five, five, six, seven years ago, I mean, I tried a few times to, to run without breakfast, but I, well, I couldn't, I couldn't move and I felt terrible. So I never really did it, but it was not due to science. It was just due to that did not work for me. Um, and I felt terrible when I did it. And I'm also starving when I get out of bed. So there was no way else than straight in the fridge. So, I mean, if I was a person that didn't feel good about eating breakfast, I would probably just, why not? You know, because we don't know where should we know it from if there's no science made on women and you have your better half or your husband that is that can do it. He's fine, you know. Oh, so here's a, here's a prime example, Heller, of that. So if we go out riding, so my husband and I, um, we obviously – He's male, I'm female, clearly. Um, but in terms of um, metabolism and things, like he can just ride for probably three hours without needing anything, mm. whereas I really, really can't. And it's almost like a mental battle that if I'm riding with him, I feel like, oh, I'm going to be annoying if I say I just need to just stop and grab something or it's just really weird and it's just these two completely different yeah. bodies he can yeah. keep going 
I really can't. Yeah, but I think it, there is also a lot, like if we are able to listen to ourselves and all the signals that our body is giving us and actually trying to learn what that means, the more we can listen, the better we can treat this body because it's actually saying some good things. So we shouldn't deprive all the signals that is coming out. Of course, if it's screaming to eat a jar of Nutella every day, maybe not. But, <laughs> the, but you know, it are telling you if it is that it's screaming, okay, I want to eat Nutella with or bread rolls with Nutella. Maybe you are just so low in carbs or that you need to eat energy dense now because you are in an energy deficit because you've just been riding for four hours. like, And then you thought you should just eat a bowl of salad but that's just, you're not getting anywhere. You need to get your calories up again or eat more energy dense. And throughout my career, I, well, I still do it, but I ate a lot of granola and I think it was just, I could not, and not the healthy stuff, just full of syrup and all the good stuff in it, right? And I think it was just like, I could not get enough calories in if I just ate, you know, too, well, too healthy. Um, so sometimes you just need to think about getting the calories in because we don't get the calories in and, you know, be in an energy balance. The body doesn't want to adapt and recover to the training. And it's just going to hold on to often for women fat. We're just holding on like we're in some sort of starvation and they just, the body doesn't want to let go. And I think from my own experience, I, I felt like quite uh, on my body that I've, been fortunate that I've always listened and I've always been feeding it quite well and I appreciate having that balanced approach to food and I then saw that it was so easy for me to be lean because I was really feeding it a lot and it it was just responding so quick to whatever I was doing and of course that also gave me like okay that's actually working so a lot of the time, you know, the, the trial and errors and, and trying it on yourself. And it was like many people would not believe how I could eat this much and be this lean. But it's actually the reason why I was this lean, because, of course, I was training a lot. Yeah. 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 And um, do you think, Heather, that had you not studied nutrition, do you think, in hindsight, like, do you think it would have been the same or do you think you had that advantage because you had done all the studies and the science behind it? Yeah, I think I've always been quite interested in what you can do to to optimize your physiology. And I've always like um, felt like I have this uh, machine of a body and been quite fascinating of what can I do with this so that I get the best version out of myself and become the best athlete that I can be. So trying to, to, yeah, do whatever different recovery approaches, but especially it was the food and I could almost panic or be, you know, terrified if I came home from a ride and a big ride and I did not have enough food in my house to fuel it afterwards because I'm like, Whoa, I'm, I'm going to break my body down now. I, I need food and, and I need it now. <laughs> so, um, and I think that was probably the education also that was, you know, speaking to me at that point that I knew that to optimize and I've just been out, you know, training super, super hard, but to optimize and get the most out of that session, I need to eat now and not in an hour because I don't have food in my house. So, and so, right. What, what was that? So those kind of, it's like panic attack things. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, often, take it. I always have food, but you, you just do not disturb <laughs> straight in and diving into it. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I guess, like you said before, about that recovery window for females, if it's half an hour, your shower, all that kind of stuff would wait and you would be straight on to recovery first thing when you got back in. Yeah. So usually what I would do if I'll probably just split my my lunch, so we usually go straight into some sort of like, yeah, Greek yogurt. So with a lot of protein in and then with muesli and bananas and nuts, um, seeds, so that I knew that I got fat and proteins and some carbs and then obviously some some hydration as well. But and that was and then we'll kind of just put a little lid on it and then I will shower and do my stretching or rolling and on the foam roller and then I will come down again and keep eating. Uh, so that it would also stop me from being um I don't know it could also be because I've always been eating so frequently that if I did not eat I would not I would feel off nauseous dizzy lightheaded and if I then eat ate it would be you know it would go away and I would feel good again and 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 yeah and then I would continue down eating after but it, it, after a long bike session it's right between three and five hours right that would look like that and would you have um taken on nutrition on that ride as well yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. um what and when you were in you know the middle of the middle of training what sort of nutrition would that have been on your three to five hour ride so i would have electrolytes with a, a very thin um, carbohydrate mix as well in my bottles i would start out with just electrolytes and not, and then add in carbohydrates after like one and a half hour in in the in the drink but i would have bars with me that i would start to go on from before the first hour uh, like whole food bars so like where it's basically just uh, uh, fruits and nuts and seeds and oats massed together, basically. And would um, that be stuff that you had made, or would you just buy buy them? I, w- I would just buy them, yeah, but try to get them whole food or organic so that I knew that at least I'm getting real food out there because it can be many, many hours, and it's not synthetic stuff that I'm filling myself with, but I am actually getting other good stuff in my body as, you know, the good fat and 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 some fibers and something that the body could actually work with. And that's especially on a ride where I feel like I could easily tolerate those things. Um, bananas would also be a go-to to bring that on board, but but always uh, whole food and almost never uh, gels in training. Yeah. And Hella, how have things changed since you retired um, last year? Yeah, how, how has your nutrition changed? Or has it not? No, it, it actually hasn't. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I think it, I've just been lucky that it's always been very balanced, as I said, and, and never fanatic and uh, eating candy and, and granola and chocolate and whatever I feel like whenever I feel like. I have done that as long. I always had like a rule. You just need to fuel first. And then you can eat the, the crap afterwards that is has no vitamins or no nothing for you in it and it's full of bad stuff but I mean you 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 have to let yourself also do those things and enjoy that and you know treat yourself if you think that's a treat after a long day of of hard work it can be you coming home from work and then also been training uh, as long as you fuel in real food first so it hasn't really changed and I still like the same things I mean I, the, the only thing that's changed is that I don't um, have any uh, crazy panic that I now I need food or else <laughs> you cannot be around me. Um, or else, man, get out of my, exactly. get out of the way. <laughs> it's not there anymore because I don't train, well, I train minimal compared to what I did. So that is not there anymore. But I mean, I, I, I do some training every morning and it's it's the same structure where I get up, I eat, I train and then I eat again. Uh, straight after the session so that would be completely like it was when I was when I was an athlete if you don't mind uh talking about periods as well Mm -hmm. um has your has your cycle changed since retiring no that hasn't changed either so that's also the thing yeah um so what changed for me I was on birth control for many years and at that point my period disappeared for years when I got off birth control, which is quite a few years ago now, 
it just came back um, mm. after like two or three months uh, of the when I was not on birth control, so not taking anything. And it's been, yeah, pretty stable ever since I did that. Um, so my theory is it's it's not about if you are very lean or whatever your fat percentage is. Like, of course, if it's extremely uh, skinny, it's not good. But it's all about being in energy balance. So like your output and, and, and input is almost the same. Uh, so it's the balance that the body knows that it's always getting fed and it's always getting enough because then the all, the hormone system is working as it should and it's not in overdrive, it's not not in any stress situation because when you are training, you're, it's, you're stressing your body. You're breaking your body down. If you don't build it up again, it will run down a spiral and then at some point it will lose its cycle. Because you don't need your cycle to survive. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it has to be there, but you don't die from it not being there. That is, that's putting it quite extreme. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but having a cycle is, is definitely indication that you are healthy, healthy in a good way. And that you're a strong athlete and you uh, have a longevity in you. Um, and whereas I would say again, back to, six, eight years ago, where often having a cycle was a sign of you were not race ready. Mm. And um, what, what do you need your cycle for? Um, you probably just need to, to lean up a little bit more. And uh, I am so happy that uh, there is starting to become way more um, awareness around that the cycle is for that's when we are healthy. That's when we are at our strongest. And that is when we're going to perform best, but also the longevity and not a quick fix that's going to last for two years. And then you are injured or ill and out of there. Um, Did you hear that comment a bit, say six to eight years ago? Or again, did on the circuit, did people just not really talk about periods? Or would there be one or two who would happily go, oh, God, I've got my period today. It's race day. Ugh. Yeah, I heard the fact that, um, do you have your period? No, I haven't. I haven't, I don't have my period. I haven't had it for years. I heard that many times, many times. And at that point, I would not be thinking anything different. I'd be like, oh, well, she's pretty lean. So probably, that's probably the reason, right? Um, whereas that, that, that's often it is, and often the, the doctors or coaches just put you on, on birth control or on, on, on artificial hormones to either stabilize it or bring a period or bring it for like that you're starting to have a period again and it's it is not a period it's just a withdrawal of blood so the thing is we think it is but it's not and everything is artificial so it's just uh, i think starting now to to be aware of birth control or, or pills are definitely not the way forward for an athlete if it is that you are not having your period, it's not a birth control pill you should get on. You should address it. Why don't you have your period? Uh, because, again, it's about longevity, not only as an athlete, but as your health. And one day, if you want to have a family. Yeah, that is it's so, so true. Yeah. And then, hell, you've, you've hit the you hit the nail on the head. Um yeah, and and I do think that there is more there is more education mm. slowly about yeah, it. Yeah. But I mean, even, so in the like in the Danish Federation, then would you have been encouraged to, or would it not have been spoken about? It when I was there, it wasn't spoken about, uh, but it was definitely not like um, food in general or taking in nutrition was was something that you just did like i mean we we ate lunch together very very often after sessions or after a, a long morning of session and it was it was all about who got first to the lunch table as there was no more food so it's like you better you better hurry here um so so i think we had a, a healthy relationship in the danish federation when when i was under it um so so and and in terms of period I did not hear about anything at that point about period. I just know it a little later that it, it changed a bit after I was more turning into long distance um, mm -hmm. and maybe also becoming more a mature athlete and also 
maybe brighten my horizon a little bit more and also maybe um, opening up my views because I was helping a lot of people as well. Uh, so I was probably also aware of other things than I was when I was um, in under the Federation or in the short distance ITU racing myself. Yeah, yeah. And when you, did you did you ever race with it with a period? Yes, yes, I did. Did you yeah. hate those races, or were they okay? Uh, they're good. Yeah, no, I raced well. <laughs> <laughs> I raced well. There was there was no problem. I mean, uh, I always. Oh uh, hello! Oh, everyone's now thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it 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 was more the days up to where I felt like I was gonna explode. But the, the, uh, when you finally get your period, it, it's actually more like um, um, firstly, it's a health sign, but secondly, it's actually as some sort of anti-inflammatory process that the body is doing for you. It's just cleaning up, getting ready for fresh. <laughs> so, so no, it was never a problem for me. I remember. Uh, one of my first races ever when I was a swimmer, it was a Danish championship. I think I was 16 where I had my period and I was just out of my mind. I was like, no way, I can't. And I became a Danish champion. And I was like, from that day, I was like, oh, it's good luck to have your period. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's all fine. <laughs> and what about, did you ever race then in those few days before your period? And how did you deal with the bloating and just feeling really, really tired? Yeah, that, that was more tough uh, because mm. also that I did not know exactly when will it come, you know, on the day. So you would always, you know, having to carry stuff around and, and be quite aware of like, especially in race morning, something come or not, or how, how is it here? So that, that would be, be tougher. And, and also, you know, maybe a bit of, bit of pain and a bit of bloated. And, and I, I felt quite a bit when I was running. So I did race as well, leading into it where with it would just come instead. And so I guess we, I mean, I've raced like 130 times. So there's been plenty of times with the, <laughs> where you can hit different times in your cycle. But uh, it's never been that, it, that I can blame it that I've underperformed due to that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Amazing. Amazing. And then switching away from period slightly to, I'm interested at the moment, Heather, because a lot of people, due to what's been happening in the world recently, maybe they're not working at the moment. Um, maybe they just need goals. But um, a lot of people have been training way, way more recently than perhaps they normally would. Mm. Have you seen that at all? And what would your thoughts on that be? Yeah, well, I have seen it. And, and I think a lot of people maybe have been giving themselves challenges or like big crazy rides uh, like 200 or 300 kilometer rides uh, many times simply because they needed a goal and they needed something to look forward to uh, it's probably not the most wise thing to do but I also understand that you maybe feel that you need a purpose in your training um, and, and it's definitely something you need to be aware of that it can have some consequences in, on the in the long run if you if you do a lot of that and then not take it into account in terms of recovery and and getting the right nutrition for these long. So I understand that people would do it, but you need to kind of also know what you're doing then. And what I tried to do uh, in the beginning, not not me personally, I mean, but but for the people that I that I coach, I would in the beginning I I took them on as a little bit of a let's take a mental break and, and a breather and then go a little bit in off season for, for two or three weeks and just, just letting go for a little bit and then figuring out what's happening in the world. And then after that, we more started to talk about how can we keep motivation up in terms of maybe putting in a 5k race, like where you did a race yourself or 10k race. And it actually turned out that many of them has hit PBs and been super excited and been nervous for that day. You know, and that's been what I wanted, the adrenaline rush and also been kind of on them. Okay, are you ready for Saturday? And, and how's the body feeling? And, you know, giving them a few taper days and so they're fresh into it. And I think that's maybe, you know, a way of, of keeping it fresh and, and, and happy and alive and, and entertaining in this period. Because also in the beginning, we also had to be a little careful because we didn't need, we didn't know the extent of the illness in terms of, 
how much will it affect us that's so active that maybe yeah. already have an immune system that might not be as strong if it is that we are really loaded in training. So I also want to trade carefully in the beginning in terms of not, um, you know, depriving their immune system in any way so that if it was that Corona came around, we did not know how it would hit us, right? Yeah. But yeah. now as we got wiser with the disease now, I think it's safe to say that, that, that there are not that many athletes that have got ill. Not that I know of and have been work with and, and I quite have a lot of athletes that I kind of speak with or, or hear from. So um, so I think this, the small races or the small kind of tests are better than a lot of 200 meter, kilometer rides that, that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I like some people have sort of been on the turbo for eight hours yeah. and they probably would just go on the turbo for maybe an hour once a week or something. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just because you're like, oh, you know, you, you, you can't find purpose or meaning with all of this and everything just seemed completely like, what should I do? And you feel lost in it. And then you're just trying to find some sort of purpose and a goal for you could be to ride eight hours. And it's like, oh, well, then I have something to look for, forward to Ooh, in a way. Yeah. Can't go anywhere, so no, might as well just sit here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Hella, how is your uh, coaching going? And I don't know if this will be timing will be wrong for when we put this out there, but what is happening with Hella's sort of boot camp slash <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. Well, um, it's it's go- it's going well. So, um, so there are kind of two sides of my coaching. So I have my private coaching uh, where. Yeah, they 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 have me one to one, and I'm I'm very personal with them, and I know everything that's going on with them and their family life and and everything. And then I have uh, my kind of virtual uh, club that I, in the beginning, I started it up in January, um, where we had yeah lots of people from 49 different countries on board, and it was a great success, and it was uh, yeah it was it was amazing. I was very touched on how I could uh, influence and, and educate and mentor so many different people. I was 350 people um, and, and in all, all different levels from elite amateur down to a beginner, completely beginner. And how we got this community rolling with, with the video content and learning and, and, and training plans for their levels was, uh, yeah, I, um, it really took me by surprise how well it's gone. So then our well, plan was to kind of roll into, there was more like an early season theme, mm-hmm. roll into a more like a race-specific theme, but then Corona hit. And then we were like, it doesn't really make sense to roll this out now. Like we can't swim. And there are other things in the world that's a little bit more important than, than educating people in triathlon. So we kept the, 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 the community going in there and kept kind of, motivating each other to to be wise and, and, and stay active and stay healthy and, and, and share some experience and knowledge and what was happening around the world and in all the 49 different countries that was in the group. And then, uh, so now we decided that uh, after also asking the members if they are ready for a second phase, which we are now called You Versus 2020, and we simply called it that because we think that 2020 is a challenge in itself. So I, all of us are going to go against this 2020 and show that we will get on the other side of it. And because there are no certain races really out there, we thought, okay, let's just try and and find purpose and meaning with all we are doing. So um, we will take this race-specific approach. So we will um, teach them in race-specific training, nutrition, uh, equipment, everything uh, in that matter. The training will again be specific to the levels and race specific. And then we will get quite a few guest uh, educators in as well that will come yeah. on board and, and share their knowledge and, and motivate and inspire um, the people on board. And then we will have um, an optional race-ish um, the 16th of August uh, where people can put all their knowledge to test and the training to test, and it will be you versus you. So yep. you set your goal, or you versus 2020. You set your goal if you want to do it all in one day, if you want to do the race in one go, if it's a specific what target, specific time, 
Um, and then we would like people to obviously share how that goes that day because that would be just awesome to see someone doing it in, yeah, I don't know, the Philippines and one in Mexico and yes. one can ride there and one is inside and one has been swimming in I don't know what. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> so that's just going to be great. And then like we also, in terms of like, you know, the knowledge you would learn, you can always use that for another race at another point uh, and being able to, for me, to be able to give back um, to a lot of people from everything that I have learned and experienced during my career is, is something that is very, very valuable for me. And I definitely felt like doing that when we launched the first kind of phase of the training club. So it's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, I've said my own coaching. And then and my book is coming out in two weeks. So yeah, Two weeks? Yeah, so we're not sitting. So by the so. time people listen to this, it might be out or it might be out in about a week. That's, yeah. And did you enjoy the process of writing it all? Yeah, it, I did. It was uh, it was great. It was perfect timing because, of course, I just finished my career. So it was a, it was easier to sit, put things into perspective and, and, and stand outside yourself and look in. Whereas if you've been in the middle of it, you probably wouldn't have the same time, but also you maybe could not see what was going on around you. Uh, so therefore, I think I've been able to um, get way more takeaways and, and share way more knowledge, which I it, it is a biography, but there are a lot of knowledge that you can use as well. Also, if you're not a, a, a sports person, but if you're a person that actually want to challenge yourself and you're a goal setter. It, it will help you as well. And um, so it, it was a great process. It was a long one. Um, I did not know uh, that it, when you're done writing, you are far from done writing. Like, I mean, <laughs> the rewriting and how critical you are on yourself. And I mean, that's probably also because of this, as I talked about the type A person. Yeah. People, yeah, we just want it to be great. <laughs> So it took on everything long, perfect. I mean, it took a long time for me to be satisfied with it, but I think... Yeah, I think it, it's gone to a point where I'm satisfied. And I mean, now it's coming in Danish and then we're going to get it translated to English as well. And it will come in the fall um, in English. Yeah. Okay, so autumn time, we will look out for uh, for your book. Sounds good. <laughs> Fantastic. Hella, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for taking the time. I'm really looking forward to reading that book. It should be a great read. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Tri Show. You can also find Inside Tri Show over on Facebook. So please, will you do me a big favor? Go and like the Facebook page. It's just Inside Tri Show over on Facebook. I would really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can get 20% off all orders over at comfuel.co.uk. It's like a pick and mix of sports nutrition delivered through your letterbox. Just use the code INSIDETRY at checkout. But this week's show has been powered by 33fuel.com. Use the code INSIDETRY33 for a discount at checkout. But in the meantime, I will be back next week. So look after yourself, look after those around you, and I look forward to speaking then. Podcast Network.